for joining us today at Launch Point Church in Lebanon, Tennessee. We believe the Bible is the written word of God without error and useful for every part of our lives. We believe that through learning and teaching of the word, others might come to know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. We're going to winding up uh, uh, our discussion of, of the Gospel of Mark. You know, we started our walk through the Gospel of Mark several weeks ago, and and, and we're going to we're going to finish up that study tonight. Uh, if you remember, in the, in the first eight chapters of Mark, uh, you know, we've seen Christ's compassion uh, and His authority emphasized and explained. And in the last eight chapters, Mark tells us about Christ's suffering and His ultimate victory. And that's kind of where we want to focus tonight on, on, on the victory. You know, the entire intent of, of Mark's gospel is to tell people about Jesus. And as Pastor Jim told us from the, from the beginning of our study, Mark is an action gospel. You know, it, it relates event after event in a, in a rapid matter, manner of the life of Christ, what he did. Um, and it's written, it's written very pointedly to demonstrate that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. In fact, we see that in, in, in the very first verse of, of Mark's gospel. It's Mark 1.1 says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And you know, his original audience when he wrote this were people that were going through uh, extreme, extreme hardships and persecutions. And, and, and just like his original audience, we, we need this message today. You know, regardless of what's happening around us, uh, the Messiah has come. Uh, he was victorious, and ultimately, because of his victory, we'll be victorious too. You know, in troubled times, we need someone to, to tell us it's going to be okay. How many of you have been in troubled times like that? And just have somebody to come by and put an arm on your shoulder and, and tell you it's, it's going to be okay. And that, that's what Mark and, and the other gospel writers do. You know, they tell us that the, that the victory has been won. God has come in the form of a man. He suffered and died and, and has been resurrected. And if you believe that, you will be too. Um, it's, it's in Mark 16, it's in chapter 16 of Mark where we, where we celebrate the victory. Uh, in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I, I'm going to be, re I'm actually going to try to at least get through this entire chapter. It's kind of short, but uh, we, we'll see how that goes. But I'm going to begin reading in Mark 16, beginning with verse 1. We're going to cover verses 1 through 8 right now. So if you've got your Bible, follow along. It says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices to him. To, brought spices so that they might come and anoint him. Very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, "Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb?" And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away although it was extremely large. Entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting at the right 
wearing a white robe, and they were amazed. And you can imagine their amazement here. And he said to them, Do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who has been crucified. He is risen. He's not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. They went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and, uh, and astonishment had gripped them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. You know, what a beautiful scene that is. And I know we've, we've talked about the resurrection uh, just a few weeks ago, and, and, and sometimes I think we... Sometimes I think we get, you know, Pastor Jim talks a lot about how we get fam too familiar with things. And I think the resurrection may be one of those things. We, we, we celebrate it on Easter, and then we don't, we don't think about it much anymore. And, and it's, it's crucial. It, it's the greatest uh, event in human history. Um, but what we see here, like I said, is the victory. Uh, you know, when, when a victory is won... There's usually a celebration, you know, when, when a champion uh, is crowned, uh, uh, you know, when a team wins the Super Bowl or the NBA championship, whatever, there, there's, 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 there's celebrations, there's parades, uh, there's victory parties. Uh, but, but here, the greatest, the most important victory in human history, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, is responded to with, with fear, with trembling, with, with doubt and unbelief. You know, no one really expected, no one really expected it, even though Jesus had, had told them what was going to happen. That's always been kind of amazing to me. Uh, you know, the account here begins with, with Mary Magdalene and, and two other women um, coming early to the tomb on resurrection morning. And, and and these women, these women proved to be uh, proved themselves to be the most devoted devoted followers of Jesus, and they were there first to pro, first to they were the first to proclaim his resurrection. You know, it's interesting to me that it was these three women, and and apparently none of the none of the disciples came with them at that time. You know, if and if you use your imagination. Uh, it says they came early in the morning, just, just as the sun was beginning to rise. And you can almost, uh, you know, close your eyes and hear the, the, the clacking of, uh, of their sandals as they, as they walked on the dirt road or on the cobblestone path, whatever it was. And as they were walking, they're, they're thinking to themselves, you know, who's going to roll away that stone for us? It's too big for us to, to handle. <coughs> And I don't know what they were thinking. If you know, maybe, maybe someone else would be there uh, visiting a gravesite or something, that, and they would help them roll it away. But when they get there, it, it's already gone. It's been rolled away. Um, and, and 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 in amazement, they they look inside and they see. It says it's, it says a a man in, in dressed in white, which you know we assume was an angel, and. Uh, you know, and it's interesting, they, they didn't come expecting what they saw, did they? 
you know, they came expecting to have to somehow figure out how to get that stone away from the entrance of the tomb so they could go in and, and anoint the body of Jesus. Um, and, of course, the angel uh, speaks, speaks probably the most profound words uh, that have ever been spoken. You know, and, and that's, that's in verse 6 there. And he said to them, do not be amazed. You were looking for Jesus the Nazarene who has been crucified. He's risen. He's not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. You know, what an incredible statement that is. And then the, then the angel commands them, but go, tell his disciples and Peter. You know, and that, that's... You know, much has been said about that, but it's it's so the way I've always seen that. You know, Peter was the was the one disciple that that vehemently uh, denied him. You know, three times that that evening after his arrest, he you know he he cursed and claimed he I don't even know the guy. You know, uh, and yet Jesus tells or the angel tells these women, go tell his disciples and Peter. And, and you know that that tells me that, you know that that maybe I could put my name in there, maybe you could put your name in there, you know because the Lord never forsakes us in our failures. You know if you're a child of God, you know all of us are going to slip and fall, we're going to stumble, make mistakes, make bad decisions, uh, maybe not to the extent Peter did, but but the Lord's hand is always extended. And, and he's, he's, he's always saying, uh, go tell Rick, go tell Diane, go tell Bill. And, and, and he's calling us by name. So these women, these women left quickly. Uh, Mark says that they fled in, in, in fear and trembling and, and and in amazement uh, at what they had seen and heard. And then following that section, we have, we have Jesus actually making an appearance here. Um, beginning in verse 9, it says, Now after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went and reported to those who had been with him while they were mourning and weeping, when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe it. After that, he appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking along on the way to the, to the country. They went away and reported it to the others, but they did not believe them either. And you know, it's amazing that Jesus had told these guys exactly what was going to happen, that he was going to be killed that he was going to be, and that he would rise again on the third day. You know, Mary Magdalene's dramatic encounter with, with the risen Jesus is, is described in, in much more detail in John 20. And, and I can only assume that maybe she lingered behind when the other women left, or maybe she went with them and came back. But we have her uh, seeing Jesus. And if you remember the story that, uh, 
you know, Mary's there by the tomb weeping, and, and she, she sees this guy behind her and turns and thinking it's the gardener. And then all of a sudden, we, we, we can almost hear Jesus' voice and he, as, he, as he says, Mary, Mary. And, and then she knew who he was. Um, you know, she was, she was instructed by the Lord to tell the other disciples that he had risen. And, and the disciples uh, who Mark describes as, as in mourning and weeping refused to believe her. After all, she was a woman. You know, and in their culture, uh, a, a woman's testimony was not considered reliable. Later, Jesus appears to two of his disciples as they're, as they're leaving Jerusalem and headed down the road to a, a village called Emmaus. Uh, we see this described in much more detail in Luke uh, chapter 24. But after... After recognizing that, that it was Jesus, the Bible says they returned immediately to Jerusalem to tell the other disciples what they'd seen. They'd seen the risen Lord. And the Bible tells us the, the disciples didn't believe them either. Now, if we read on, we're going to look at the... Uh, at a commission that, that Jesus gives them in, in beginning in verse 14. It says, Afterward he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table. And he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they had not believed those who had, been, those who had seen him after he was risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who, is believes, who, he who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will, fought, will accompany those who have believed. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Hallelujah. Mm, amen. You know, literally, and we would all agree, I think the disciples could have done a much better job. Uh, although Jesus had, had told them several times uh, about what was going to happen to him, about the fact that he would be killed and that he would be risen on the third day, but they still couldn't understand or believe it. Uh, they couldn't believe that it that it that it had happened. Uh, you know, there there was no expectation or understanding, which to me is is it's really sad. I, you know, you would think after Jesus had spent three years with them and they had seen all the the the, the supernatural things he had done, the miracles, the healings, the restoring a withered arm. Uh, uh, raising someone from the dead on, on multiple occasions. Yet, they, yet when he was crucified, they had no expectation that he was coming back. They thought it was, they pretty well thought it was over. And you know, the first thing Jesus does, he rebukes them for doubting and for their unbelief. And, and, and next, Jesus gives a, another command. 
Now, there's two commands in this, uh, in this uh, chapter that I think are very significant. The first one we've, we've already seen. The, the angel told the, the three women to, to go. Go and tell. Go and tell. And here, Jesus gives the final go command to his disciples. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. You know, this, this was a command. It, it wasn't uh, just a suggestion he was making. And it's a command that, that's still given to all of us as believers today. It, it's something that every disciple is called to do. You know, to share the good news. And, and notice, notice Jesus' is, his instructions here. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. You know, this was a combination of, 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 of the promise of salvation and a, and a condemnation of unbelief. You know, Jesus didn't say that, that condemnation belonged to the one who was not baptized, but only to the one who does not believe. And I think that's, that's an important uh, um, contrast right there. Um, you know, salvation, our salvation rests on what? It rests on our, on our belief, on our belief. However, however at the same time, it would be, uh, it would be wrong to, to downplay baptism because baptism is important. Baptism doesn't save us, um, and it, it's, it's not going to save us, uh, but it's, it's an essential because it's the first step of obedience. So that, that's the contrast, I think, the, is the contrast he's making here, that, uh, that if you believe, then you're out of obedience, you're going to be baptized. Uh, you could be baptized and, 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 be, and be an unbeliever, and, and baptism didn't do you any good. There's no salvation in it. So... It's, it's belief, and, and baptism becomes the first step of our obedience to, to the Lord. You know, in, in this section, Jesus also gives his disciples and, and all who would be his disciples the promise of divine power and protection. And I think so, that's something that we... I've, I've seen examples of that. But I think it's something that, that because of a lack of faith, we, we don't see as much as a, of that as we should. Now, when, he, when I talk about divine power and protection, I, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, where Jesus said they'll, they'll pick up uh, serpents and, 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 um, and, and, you know, be bitten and, and nothing will happen to them. He says they'll drink poison and they'll recover. Uh, uh, that's not a a mandate to be a snake handler and all this stuff. It's, it was for their protection. And he was promising they would be protected as they went out. And, and then he talks about uh, uh, speaking with new tongues, uh, laying hands on the sick, and they will recover. And all those things are, are, are so important. Um, you know, notice it says that these signs will accompany who? They'll accompany those who believe. 
And this, this applies to all believers, even today. Uh, these signs and wonders did not end with the apostles. Now grab hold of that. Because there's, uh, in, in the Christian world, there's, there's, there's preachers who are preaching just the opposite of that, that those signs ended with, with the death of the last apostle. But there's nowhere in Scripture, nowhere in Scripture indicates that, that that's the case. <clears throat> then as we, as we look on in, in Mark 16, beginning with verse 19, it says, So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and, and, and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and, and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the word by the signs in, that followed. Now notice what happened first. It wasn't the signs and wonders. It was the proclamation of the word. So we have to be careful that we're not chasing signs and wonders. We're, we're delivering the word. We're, we're chasing the word. And the signs and wonders will follow that. Um, they, and, and they promptly reported all these instructions to Peter and his companions. And after that, Jesus himself sent out through them from east to west the sacred and imperishable proclamation of eternal salvation. You know, what an incredible statement that is, and what, what an important paragraph this is, or chapter, rather. Um, you know, and, 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 and like I said, if, um, you know, we, we see two commands given in, in this concluding chapter. And like I said a moment ago, the first is given by the angel to the women. Go and tell. Go and tell. You know, they were to go and tell what they had seen and heard. And I, I think that same, that same command is applicable to us. Uh, as believers today, we too are to go and tell, you know, what Jesus has done for us. Um, and so many times we become so content and, and comfortable, uh, you know, among ourselves that we don't do that. You know, we think someone else will. Um, you know, the second command, the second go command is in verse 15. Go into all the world. And, and, and you and I as disciples of Christ have that same commission to go and share the good news. Um, you know, Jesus went to the cross and died so that we could be saved, so that we could have the promise of eternal life with him so that we could have free access to the very throne room of God. And we need to proclaim that truth. You know, we need to live in such a way that, that, that people see a difference in us and they want what we have. If you remember back in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that, that, that we're, to be, we're to be salt and light to the world. And we can't be salt and light if, if, if all we, all our religion, all our uh, church speak is done in here. We've got to go out and, and, and share what Christ has done for us. We've got to share that hope uh, of, a, of an eternal home. 
You know, not only do these two commands, uh, not only do we see these two commands, but we hear the greatest words ever spoken. And we see them right here in, in, in chapter 16. He is risen. He is risen. You know, and, and, and may we never, never lose sight of, of the, the supreme significance of that statement, of what happened on, on that day. You know, what, what does the, the empty tomb and, and, the, and the resurrection story mean to us? You know, sometimes we don't think much about that until, you know, until we celebrate Easter, of course. But, but what does it mean? You know, the angel told the women in verse 6, Do not be amazed. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who's been crucified. He has risen. He's not here. Behold, here's the place where they laid him. You know, when we see the place where they laid him, we see that, that God the Father did not forsake the Son. You know, when we see the place where they laid him, we, we, we see that, that death has been conquered. Amen? When we see the place where they laid him, we see that we're, we have a living friend in Christ, our Lord and Savior. You know, to me, th th those are so, so incredible. That's such an incredible thing to grasp. So when we see the empty tomb, we, we see so much more than just the place where they laid him. What does the resurrection mean? The resurrection means, according to Romans 1.4, that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection means that we have the assurance, and take hold of this, the assurance of our own resurrection. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 4.14, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who've fallen asleep in Jesus. You know, that's us. Uh, you know, should, should we pass before Jesus returns? Uh, and Brother Leonard, I, I love the little glimpse of heaven you gave us. Uh, you know, what, a, what an incredible place that's going to be beyond our imagination. Um, you know, the resurrection means that Jesus is, is continuing in ministry. Uh, Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is able also to save forever those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So he's interceding on our behalf. He's given us his Holy Spirit so that we have that, 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 that power to go forth. Um, and, and that's part of the, the promise he made in the Great Commission where he says, and lo, I'll be with you always. He's always with us. And finally, the resurrection proves that though it looks like it looked like Jesus died on the cross like, like a common criminal, that's what the cross was. He actually died as a sinless man out of love and, and self-sacrifice to bear the guilt of our sin. Never lose sight of that. 
The death of Jesus on the cross was the, was the payment. That was the payment. The resurrection, the resurrection was the receipt for that payment. Mm. Showing that the payment was perfect in the sight of God the Father. Amen? Well, I, I'm going to stop right there because I am exactly on time. Um, but this is such a, a, an incredible chapter. I hope if you haven't read it that you'll, you know, go back and read it. And, and as you read, especially through the Gospels, uh, take a moment and, 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 and just quietly put yourself in that place. What would it have been like to have been with those three women that early uh, uh, resurrection morning? You know, the sounds, the smells, the, the dust, the birds chirping probably, uh, uh, and the anticipation they had. But, but you and I have the, have the privilege and the opportunity because of, of God's word that we can approach that, that tomb uh, with expectation, with expectation. You know, the disciples didn't expect it. You know, they were, they were mourning and weeping and, and, and grieving over the loss, the loss of their friend Jesus. But, but we know the rest of the story. We know that, that the resurrection was, was the, the great victory and that as believers, we're part of that victory. Amen?